0: Welcome back, true crime fans. It's TJ, the weirdo with a beardo from Wings 93, with another episode of True Crime Tuesday, exploring true crimes and unsolved mysteries from across history and across the globe. This week, we dive back into the story of Gerard Schaefer Jr., a sexual deviant-turned-police-officer-turned-serial-killer, in True Crime Tuesday episode number 102, The Hangman Part 2. To recap our last episode, Gerard Schaefer Jr. was born in Wisconsin in 1946, before landing in Fort Lauderdale with his family several years later. Gerard was the product of a troubled and turbulent childhood at the hands of his abusive and alcoholic father. As a boy, Gerard fell in love with nature and was an avid hunter and fisherman. In grade school, Gerard Schaefer developed these strong, erotic fantasies of hurting young women. His fantasies led him to sadomasochism and bondage where he would often tie himself to a tree in rural locations in the woods, choking himself to climax, deriving pleasure from pain. And after high school, Gerard attended Florida Atlantic University, where he met his first wife, Martha. But the marriage ended after less than two years. Martha had cited extreme cruelty as the reason for the separation. After college, Gerard Schaefer Jr. landed a job at the Wilton Manors Police Department in 1971, but was later fired after it was discovered he had been pulling over unsuspecting women, running their personal information, and then stalking them at their home, asking for dates. But by June 1972, he had found another job, this time at the Martin County Sheriff's Office, after forging a letter from his previous department. While on patrol on July 21, 1972, Schaefer came across two teenage hitchhikers, Nancy Trotter and Paula Wells. The girls said that they were headed to Jensen Beach the following day. The following day, Schaefer showed up in his street clothes, driving his own personal vehicle, telling the girls he was working under deep cover and that it was okay. So a few miles into the trip, Schaefer took a detour into a secluded section of the woods, where he then handcuffed and gagged the girls before tying each of them to a tree with a noose around their neck, threatening to rape and murder them. Just then, an urgent call came in from the sheriff's department, so Sheriff Schaefer had to report immediately leaving the two girls still bound and gagged to their trees. Luckily, both girls eventually escaped over the course of the following hour, and both later identified Gerard Schaefer Jr. as the man who abducted them. Schaefer was eventually fired and faced charges of false imprisonment and aggravated assault, but he posted the $15,000 bail two weeks later and was freed until his court date, which left him just enough time to capture, abuse, and brutally murder several more victims. Schaefer didn't waste any time getting back to work. On September 20, 1972, he abducted two more young girls, 17-year-old Susan Place and 16-year-old Georgia Jessup. He'd met the pair at a local adult education center, telling them his name was Jerry Shepard. The three of them met at Susan Place's home, whose mother was extremely suspicious that these young girls were spending time with a strange man in his mid-twenties. But the girls claimed that Jerry was harmless and the three of them left the house headed to the beach around 8.45 p.m. Four days later, Susan Place's mother, Lucille, hadn't seen or heard from her daughter. Georgia Jessup's mother hadn't heard from hers either, and the two of them began to fear for the worst. The girls had been reported missing to Oakland Park Police, and Lucille Page gave a description of the man they had left with, along with the license plate of his 1969 Dodson he was driving. The license plate, though, was stolen leading to a different vehicle owned by an unrelated person, and the trail went cold. Flash forward to October 26, 1972, when two more teenage hitchhikers vanished, 14-year-old Mary Briscalina and 13-year-old Elsie Farmer. Their bodies were found nearly a year later, brutally beaten to death with signs of sexual abuse. Upon investigation, it was learned that at least one of them had ties to a Gary Shepherd, who had claimed to be a former Wilton Manors police officer. Several months later, in January 1973, two 19-year-old girls had disappeared while hitchhiking from Sioux City, Iowa, to Florida. Although there had been no official tie to Gerard Schaefer, the timeline would have allowed Schaefer to abduct these young women before standing trial for the abductions of Nancy Trotter and Paula Wells. It would take more than four years before their scattered remains were finally discovered in January 1977, with both bodies showing signs of being hanged. Gerard Schaefer appeared in court in December 1972 to stand trial for the abduction of Nancy Trotter and Paula Wells, but the case never went to trial. Schaefer accepted a plea bargain for one count of aggravated assault, agreeing to one year in prison and three years probation. The sentence began January 15, 1973. Just a month later, in March of 1973, Lucille Place, mother of Susan Place, one of the victims, found a letter in her daughter's bedroom handwritten by the person who called themselves Jerry Shepard. So Lucille drove to the location listed as the return address on the envelope, 333 Martin Avenue, Stewart, Florida. But when she arrived, the building's manager told her there was no Jerry Shepard there, that the unit belonged to a man named Gerard Schaefer, who'd recently gone to prison for abducting and nearly hanging two young girls. So Lucille Place immediately went to the police once again, Armed with this new information, along with a description of the blue-green 1969 Dodson, which, as it turns out, was, in fact, registered to Gerard Schaefer at 333 Martin Avenue, Stewart, Florida, the same address on her daughter's letter. Schaefer, of course, denied ever having met either of the girls, although Lucille Place did positively identify him from a police photo as the man who she said claimed to be Jerry Shepard, the last person who would have seen her daughter alive. In April of 1973, a father and son discovered badly decomposed human remains in the woods near Oak Hammock Park in Port St. Lucie, Florida. Medical examiners determined that the bodies were of two young women, their spinal cords severed, their jaws broken, and their bodies decapitated. One even showed signs of a gunshot wound. Their bodies were buried in a shallow grave, but must have been dug up by local wildlife. And according to dental records and pieces of clothing used to identify the bodies, One belonged to 17-year-old Susan Place, and the other, 16-year-old Georgia Jessup. Finding the bodies of the girls led to a search warrant of Gerard Schaefer's house and vehicle, as well as his mother's home in Fort Lauderdale. Inside a locked bedroom in his mother's house in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, officers found nearly 300 pages of handwritten and typed notes, along with crude illustrations, all depicting young women being kidnapped, humiliated, raped, and hanged the writing seemed to chronicle the writer's vile activities, including returning to the crime scenes often to commit necrophilia with the dismembered bodies or pulling teeth from their skulls as keepsakes. Authorities also discovered 11 guns, ammunition, knives, rope, pornographic materials, and nearly 40 Polaroid photos of women in various stages of torture and death. They also found a gold jewelry box filled with jewelry, passports, clothing, and other items belonging to several women and teenage girls, some of whom had been reported missing over the last several years, including a driver's license belonging to Barbara Ann Wilcox and a passport belonging to Colleen Goodenow, the two 19-year-old hitchhikers who disappeared in 1973. And before the search was over, authorities found teeth and bone fragments belonging to at least eight other victims. By May 12, 1973, investigators had compiled enough evidence to link Gerard Schaefer to at least seven murders and disappearances between 1969 and 1973. Soon after, another publication listed 28 people either murdered or missing, believed to somehow be connected to Schaefer. On May 18, 1973, Gerard Schaefer was formally charged with first degree murders of Susan Place and Georgia Jessup. And before trial, a psychiatric evaluation was performed where they found Gerard Schaefer suffered from paranoia, psychosis, and acute sexual deviation, and viewed himself as, quote, an eliminator of women he deemed immoral, but was still fit to stand trial, which began September 17, 1973. The trial lasted several weeks, with multiple rounds of testimonies, questioning, rebuttals, and even an attempt by Schaefer's attorneys to have him acquitted. But on October 3, 1973, Gerard Schaefer Jr., was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences, one for each of the victims. And as cantankerous on the inside as he was on the outside, Schaefer didn't make any friends while in prison. In fact, police officials found him dead on the floor of his prison cell on December 3, 1995, with over 40 stab wounds to his head, face, neck, and body. He'd allegedly been attacked by his cellmate, 32-year-old Vincent Rivera, who never admitted to the murder but was convicted in 1999. In total, it's estimated that Gerard Schaefer Jr. was involved in the deaths of nearly 34 young women, many of whom's bodies have never been found. And after hearing of the death of Gerard Schaefer, the mother of Georgia Jessup, one of the victims, told the media that it was long overdue, saying, I've always believed he was going to get this. I just wish it had been sooner than later. Even the judge who presided over the case said, He's finally gotten the death sentence he ultimately deserved, but couldn't be given. And that is this week's True Crime Tuesday story, episode number 102, The Story of Gerard Schaefer Jr., The Hangman. Join me each week for more stories of true crimes and unsolved mysteries. We'll see you next time.